Hello, Mama. Welcome to Reaching Abundance. I'm Virginia Elder, your host, financial coach, and fellow money-minded mama. If you've been following the show for a while, thank you. And if you're new here, welcome. On this show, we tackle all the things that impact your life and have the power to either hold you back or propel you toward abundance. We talk about and dive deep into issues surrounding motherhood and parenting, household and time management, mindset, relationships, and health. Each of these topics affects and is affected by your emotions, beliefs, and your money. My goal with this is to create and share simple money guidance to help moms slash chaos and gain clarity about their finances. Money is a tool that can be used to create a joyous life. And as you learn, make money moves, and set your family up for success, you get to teach your kids about money along the way too. Today, you're invited to listen in on a conversation I had with McKay Cox Hall, certified health coach with the Center for Obesity Prevention and Education, a boy mom, and former teacher. If you've been thinking about getting your health in check as we begin this new year, this episode is for you. We discuss grocery shopping properly, balancing nutrition with workouts toward your health goals, and how to know how much of each is needed. And I think the most important part of all is the piece of the conversation around how the health landscape has changed from when we were young. We both remember witnessing the aerobics craze and the low-fat, low-carb rhetoric we were taught or grew up believing. And then, as we've gotten older, learning the truth about fats and carbs and how to integrate them into our lives in a healthy way. We talk about scheduling time for self-care and the three components she tells her clients to include. So this week, I'm going to recommend you download the free two-week planner I designed specifically to track all the things we mamas handle, from your water intake, to errands, to spending and saving, and even calls you need to make, and self-care time. Grab your free planner from the show notes at reachingabundance.com. We also touched on healthy goal setting, micro habits, and She shares her number one tip that everyone, and I do mean everyone, should do. And guess what? It's actually pretty easy to do. So listen up and snag that easy win. Welcome to the Reaching Abundance podcast, where your host, Virginia Elder, shares helpful guidance for moms around positive mindset, creating simplicity, practicing true self-care, and most of all, money management. Her financial journey toward a better life blossomed into an insatiable desire for overall happiness and abundance. Hang out with her right here each week while she ditches the taboos around women and money, shares resources, educates, and financially empowers all the mamas. Welcome to the podcast, McKay. I'm really happy to talk with you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to get to share and I appreciate this opportunity. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
I've been wanting to do a more health focused episode. So you're the perfect girl to have on. Oh, that feels nice. Thanks. (laughs) Absolutely. So I want to start with a little bit about your background. I know you're a certified health coach, but talk to us a little bit more about that and feel free to share whatever led you to this profession. Yes, I am a certified health coach and I grew up dancing. I'm from the DFW area and I grew up on stage. And so body image and health and kind of like the outside was always a big piece of the puzzle in my life. I was on a very competitive college drill team in East Texas way back in the day. It's only two-year school. So when I left there and I went to college, my degree is actually in, at North Texas, they call it health promotion, but basically it's health sciences. And so I've always been super intrigued with nutrition and fitness and mindset and emotional and social connectivity and then community. Like that was always kind of what I've always enjoyed. I just didn't know where to place it or how to land. And so I did some work in corporate America. I trying to be in pharmaceutical sales after 9-11 was like, whatever. Then I was like, great, I'll go teach. I'll teach small humans and that's community. And I can try to forge relationships and things like that and kind of bridge the gap in some areas. That was an interesting ride as well, trying to just get certified to teach. Did that. And then I was fortunate enough to get to work for an amazing public charter network here in DFW for just shy of six years. And then I taught at a local school district here in the area. And in all of that time that I was teaching, ironically, my health took a severe dive. I won't go into huge details about that because I don't ever want anybody to be deterred from education, but I'll just put it this way. You give all of yourself to everybody else and something's going to crap out, for lack of a better term. In the mix of all of that, my husband and I had been in our fertility journey and one year became two, two became three. At three-year mark, we started trying to get some assistance there and I just needed a break, but I was so tired. I was exhausted all the time. I was always cold. I was having a lot of just hormonal issues. Long of the short of it, we found out that I suffer from pretty severe hypothyroidism and I suffer from a type of it that can really wreak havoc on your fertility journey. And it was my hairstylist at the time that really kind of triggered me to go to the doctor because my hair was really feeling off. She was like, I don't know what you're doing, but something, something's happening. And she had just had a health scare. And so she was like, you might want to go have your thyroid checked. So it really kind of opened my eyes to maybe there's something more. So all of that to say that I told my principal, I was like, Hey, I just want to let you know, this is going to be my last year here. I'm, I'm going to take a break. I told my husband, like, listen, I may not be in a place to have children, but I really need to get my thyroid figured out. I need to figure out what is going on. I'm an answers person. Like if there's a problem, I want to find a solution. And we went to a different fertility doctor and she opened my eyes to so many things around the battle that we as women face when we're trying to do all the right things and we're just depleting the tank. Basically everything that I had been doing, (laughs) super low carb, super low fat, super high caffeine, all the exercising, not getting enough water, overworking myself was making my thyroid condition even worse. So she basically debunked everything that I thought I knew. And about this time is when the shift in fitness and health was really starting to come out. It wasn't just eat this, not that. It was this fad and that fad and this and this and this. Well, she basically said, I want you to take a break, zero exercise outside of walking because too much cortisol can create major issues. I'm a recovering orthorexia, um, (laughs) which has a pretty negative label, but it's what women do. We tend to work out. 
we work out for stress, we work out for all this stuff. And so I was really learning to put the puzzle pieces together. And with fertility assistance, we were able to get pregnant and we now have a precious little boy. He was a twin. There was some issues there, but it was during my pregnancy that I realized when I simplified and softened the load, guess what happened? I magically started taking care of myself in the right ways. Mm. That was the goal was to have this healthy baby. Wow. Yeah. After our son was born, that thyroid problem didn't go away. And I developed pretty severe what's called postpartum thyroiditis. I didn't even know it was a thing. My body, even though I didn't have twins, my body still hormonally, I had to adjust from having twins in utero. And one night late, <laughs> I was up breastfeeding and I was scrolling Facebook like a lot of people do. And I literally just, I was like, okay, something's got to give. I have got to get my habits under control. And I started noticing some pictures and noticing some things. A friend of mine, yes, she looked different physically, but there were some things I could just tell. So I called her and I was like, I don't know what you're doing, but I want to know more. Mm -hmm. And I always knew I eventually wanted to go to health. And I wanted to figure out a way to make health a part of, I wanted to get back to my degree. That's why we go to college. <laughs> we don't always use our degree, but I was like, somewhere I'm supposed to do this. And I wanted to take a break from teaching. And I told my husband, I wanted to stay home, but it's that battle of like, I want to be this mom, but I want to have something for me. And I found a way to take what I love, which is talk <laughs> and help people. But I had to start with me. And so I got certified with COPE, the Center of Obesity Prevention for Education. And I got started on a journey in a health and wellness program that has changed my life and our family's life and really helped me deconstruct poor habits. So now it's what I get to do. I get to help moms and teens and grandmothers and just women and men, but mostly I work with females to help tweak in small ways and in big ways. You brought up so many things that I've seen adjust over the years. And I love that you brought in the fertility journey because so many women go through that and struggle and feel alone. And I love that, you know, you had this entire career journey going on where you're very obviously trying to figure out where you fit and what you're supposed to do and what supports your love for life. And you finally found it and all the puzzle pieces seem to start to come together. You know, you had your son and I love that you brought up what so many of us have also struggled with and fought through. And I do feel that somewhere in your thirties, you start to feel like, okay, I think I figured this out. And then in your forties, then you're like, okay, now I'm really, I'm getting there. <laughs> and it's this hilarious journey. It's like, I wish so badly that we didn't have to wait till we're 30 something or 40 something to really begin to step into that confidence that we're where we're supposed to be. We've done what we're supposed to do. This is me and I'm in the right place. But I think that whole journey and all those struggles that brought us here really allow us to step in and be who we're supposed to be at midlife. You're at your peak. So I do want to touch on what you said you were doing all wrong. The low carb, the super low fat, the over-exercising. I mean, that's what we saw and absorbed when we were young that you need to diet, you know, carbs are evil, fat is evil, you have to exercise like a maniac every day. 
high caffeine, very low water intake. We're told water is healthy, but then there's so many people that I've met that are like, oh, I don't like water. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yes, it's funny because immediately when you were talking, I was thinking about like, I don't think I ever did a Jane Fonda workout years and years and years and years ago. But when I was a teenager, it was the time of like high aerobic activity. It was all the aerobics, all the running, all the cardio. And I will preface this because I know I told you this. I want people to know I am not a certified personal trainer, although I am considering adding that to my (laughs) resume. So I just had to put that disclaimer in there. What I realized is like, you work out with enough trainers and you do this long enough. And this is a part of what I do as a health coach is really helping people find what works. The biggest piece that I've learned that is so different is that for females, our hormones shift and they change and they ebb and they flow. And what worked in our 20s ain't going to work for you, girl, in your 30s. (laughs) And it isn't going to work for you in your 40s. It just, it isn't. What I have learned is if you take a look at the word diet, it truly has the word die in it, okay? And the word health has the word heal. So there are two pieces to diet. There is diet, which is that of unlimited restriction. And then there is what you nourish your body with. Like when you look at the definition of diet, it literally has those two. When you look at overall health, you can't just work out alone to get to your overall goals. And it is true. It is really 80% what you do in the kitchen or at the restaurant or with your friends or at the table, but it's what you consume that is going to allow your fitness to help you make those overall shifts. And anyone that tells you that these changes that you're wanting that we see in celebrities, these things take time. And if you're trying to undo 20 years or 10 years of postpartum mom bod, like it's going to take time because it took time to get to that space. But you have to learn that we have to have healthy fats. Like if there's anything that I can say on a nutrition piece, healthy fats are your friend, but it's when, how much measuring and flat belly fats are different than I'm going to go grub down on this massive hamburger because I haven't eaten all day. Now I'm starving. It's learning how to pocket those eating more often than not, eating low glycemic foods, how to incorporate carbs. Carbs are not the enemy, but you have to have the right kind of carb. And it's learning small ways to have carbs that work with things like hormone levels, melatonin, the secretion that's natural. Because I mean, there's just so many pieces to it and I don't want to get so into it, but (laughs) there's a lot. But I will say this on water. Here's a trick. It is one of the easiest tips I could ever give someone. If you do nothing else, take your current weight, divide it in half, and that is how many ounces in water human beings need. But if that divided amount is less than 64 ounces, you need at least 64 ounces of water. We need to be at least 50% fluid. That is the number one thing that I have all new clients, all friends, my child even, like, I can't, I'm working on my husband, but he is, he is his own thing. That is it. If you look at your hydration levels, a lot of times people eat when they really should drink some water. Yes. That was something that I learned a while back. And I, I've questioned it because I was like, did I learn that as a way to like trick myself into eating less? Cause I was worried about weight, which I'm a tiny person. Like everybody has always commented to me like, Oh, you're the last person that needs to worry about weight. So I've had some mental struggles with that, but that was a great tactic for me to decide like, 
was I just thirsty or am I actually hungry? It was either after you drink that eight ounces of water when you thought you were hungry, but you drank water first just to check in 10 minutes, you either have like a hell yeah, I'm still hungry or no, I'm good. I feel really refreshed now. (laughs) And you just hit the nail on the head with that because what you did and what you're saying, like having that water and waiting giving yourself that 10 to 15 minutes, that is huge because yes, if you're still feeling that hunger, then yes, it's time to eat. Your body is saying, I need fuel in the tank. If you expect me to even go from point B to point C, (laughs) but that is a piece to it. That is huge. And so I think that like, that's a really simple change, a small shift. Hey mama, you're doing your best to feed your little fam, bam, healthy foods, be more present, reduce the chemicals in your home, watch the budget, and create the overall healthy, wealthy life you and your littles deserve. Which is why I'm super jazzed to introduce you to a produce wash called Eat Cleaner. When you buy fresh produce, even the organic items, there are pesticide residues, wax, and germs on those products. So if you're like me, you've probably been washing and rinsing your produce. But maybe you've noticed there's still usually a film or residue you just can't seem to wash away. Plus, fresh produce goes bad quickly. It's all too common for us to intend to eat healthy, buy a bunch of fresh fruits and veggies, then end up tossing some of them in the trash by the end of the week because they went bad before we could eat them. Ugh, what a waste of money. Well, Eat Cleaner All-Natural Fruit and Vegetable Wash cleans all that gunk off your fruits and veggies safely with no chemicals while also extending how long that produce stays fresh and edible. In fact, using Eat Cleaner All-Natural Fruit and Vegetable Wash can save you about $500 per year in reduced food waste, and help toward your goal of eating all the healthy produce you buy. So click the banner in the show notes at reachingabundance.com and buy your own Eat Cleaner All-Natural Fruit and Vegetable Wash today. Because trust me, you're going to love having cleaner, longer-lasting produce, being able to actually eat all the produce you buy before it goes bad, and, in turn, wasting less food and money. And for the women that are like, I can't add one more thing to my plate, I can't make one more shift, I can't do one more change, this is a change that will help you because we cannot, our brains not only need oxygen to function. It really needs water in order to allow our bodies and our brain function to be at its best. So that is like my number one thing that when people say, if there was one thing that you would encourage me with, what would it be? And I literally say, how much water are you drinking? Oh, there's no way that could be that big of a change. I'm like, I tell you what, you and I do a challenge for one week. You tell me how you feel in one week after doing X, Y, Z, these three steps, spread it out from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. That way you're not peeing all night long, girl. Right. (laughs) And that's it. And when they can do that and you do that little formula, you don't have to drink a gallon of water off the bat. You work up to that. But some people aren't even getting a base minimum. And all of a sudden, those midday headaches go away, that 
irritability starts to go away. I'm not saying you're not going to not get frustrated or nag at your child for something or whatever, but you will notice your skin starts to look and feel better. For me personally, like back pain tends to go away, particularly around that time of the month. For people that aren't in that space anymore, like if you tend to have arthritic tendencies, you need more fluids in your body. I'm learning something new, girl. (laughs) You were onto something. (laughs) Well, and I've noticed even that's a like stress coping technique. Also, if you take a step away from whatever is stressing you, maybe you get to step outside, whatever you can do just to walk away, get a glass of water and do like three really big deep breaths. When you reapproach the room or the situation or the decision, whatever is stressing you out or overwhelming you at that moment, that liquid, that oxygen, that fresh air, all those little things that you just did, whether that took five or 10 minutes or even less, if you took two minutes, you feel so much better and you're able to approach whatever it is with so much more clarity and probably handle it with more grace than you would have before. A hundred percent. I mean, it's very much a stop, challenge, choose way of addressing small things that can become almost cataclysmic in a way. Some of the biggest things that we deal with are really not as large as we make them and stepping away. It's actually funny that you say that, like having that water, like I learned if somebody says something to you and you just kind of want to rebuttal, like just take a sip, just, and then breathe. Like it's those little things. Our reactionary responses kind of calm down too with that those small changes is what worked well over time. Right. You mentioned this earlier. I want to talk more about looking at 2021. It's very well known that a lot of people make personal health goals for the year, right? That's like what everybody does. Starting January 1st, I'm going to do this thing. Some may look at it and say it's a weight loss goal. Maybe it is a fitness goal. Maybe it's a nutrition goal. How can we look at what we want for our health, for our bodies, and reasonably choose how much of that is nutrition focused and how much of that should be fitness focused? I think before you decide how much should be nutrition or how much should be fitness, take a look and really sit and write out or go even just be outside and think, okay, what is the one thing that I do that either when I'm doing it, do I feel good about it? Do I feel guilt about it? Is it a an avoidance tactic? Or on the flip side of the coin, is it, I want to learn how to do this better. I want to learn how to receive this healthy motion in a way that benefits me, not depletes me to the point where I'm so exhausted from the activity I've just done or the fitness class I've just taken or the workout I've just done that now I can't move because I've, I've overdone it. When it comes to the idea around nutrition, this is a really heavy one. I think mostly for females because women are really good at compartmentalizing just naturally. Even if you're somebody that doesn't feel like you compartmentalize well, you really do more than you think. So I think when it comes to nutrition, you have to figure out if I want to be better for everybody else, because let's face it, girls, like we are it. (laughs) We are the doers, the thinkers, the, the shakers the necks that move the mountains, we, because I'm still a work in progress too, we cannot benefit and be our best for everybody else if we are not our best for ourselves first. So I think you have to look at it like this when it comes to nutrition. First, like what is the initial goal? And look at your overarching goal. Are you wanting to stay in a diet life for the rest of your life? Or are you wanting to create a sustainable, healthy way of living 
and learn how to make choices over cheating. I think the word I'm having a cheat day is a negative way to go into the idea around food. Because if you are in that space, and I've been there, you do all the great things, right? You're, I'm doing all the things this week, Monday through Friday. I'm so good. I haven't had alcohol. I haven't done this. I've only eaten air. I'm barely eating lettuce. I'm, you know, and then the weekend comes and it's like, I'm going to blow it out on the weekend. Well, guess what? Your body just can't absorb all that. It won't digest it, but what it can't digest, it's going to stick to you physically now. Yeah. Because it feels deprived the rest of the time. Correct. I think to sum all of that up though, too, it's learning how to use food and fitness as a way to fuel you for better. I love what you said about, what was it? Choose over cheat. Yeah. You're making choices over cheating. I love learning how to make choices over the cheating tactic. Well, I feel like there's so much guilt associated with the word cheat Mm -hmm. that like, I don't want to use that. I don't want to say that. I don't want to feel that I'm cheating on something because what do you think about a student who's cheating on their paper? They're only messing up themselves. They're not learning the material. They're cheating. They're skating by. And it's going to come back to them later and they're going to be messed up. Exactly. And so we're doing that for ourselves with food. Yeah. That's not... It's interesting that you say that. So a really good example of is what you're doing hurting you and others or is what you're doing ultimately hindering you? Look at it like this. If you are around someone that's smoking their smoke is firsthand hurting them, but secondhand hurting those around them, right? So you're harming not just you, but now you're infringing on my space over here. But if I am going, going, going all day long, and then I'm eating the pantry all night long, and then I'm feeling terrible about that. And then I start over the next day and I'm going to, I'm going to do good today. I'm going to be good today. And then I have had a really stressful day. So then I, one glass of wine becomes four. And then because of those four glasses of wine, I've now had three peanut butter Nutella sandwiches and a bag of chips and, oh, but I ate some apples and I had a Coke. Then you feel, it's like this cyclical guilt. Mm. You're only hurting yourself because the people around you are ultimately still going to do them. Mm -hmm. We have to learn to get out of our own way enough to create space to walk into community and say, I need some help with how to be better. So nutrition and fitness, really, those are the actionables that come from a mindset shift of it's time to be better. I don't know how to get where I'm going, but I know I don't want this anymore. That's where sometimes clients will come from. They don't necessarily know the how, but they know what they don't want. And that's my job is to help them figure out why now. And it's hard. People don't want to get to the pain point. People don't want to share that life is hard and and beautiful and hilarious. And your kid's making you nuts and your spouse is making you crazy. So I'm going to go for a really long run and then I'm going to come home and I'm going to eat everything that doesn't eat me first. You see what I'm saying? So it's like transformation really starts in our mind first. That's a decision. And then we come up with a plan. Yeah. Also, you touched on creating the right habits. For me, I'm starting these now, but I am looking into 2021 saying, all right, I really need to get back to taking my vitamins every day, eating greens at every meal. I need to get outside once a day, every day, even if it's cold, like bundle up and hurry for, you know, 10 minutes outside and just try to feel the sunshine on your face. Like I'm trying to establish little tactics or tips or something that I can do throughout the day that will help me 
create that big picture health that I aspire toward, but it has to be made up of, okay, you know, every day at lunch, you take your vitamins, you drink this 32 ounce glass of water before lunch, and you drink another one after lunch. And you got outside at 10 a.m. because during the winter, that's probably the most ideal time to go outside. I'm trying to like really (laughs) craft that for myself. Yeah. So for other people that are looking towards those 2021 health goals, what do you think about that? Like, what's your advice to crafting those habits? First, I like the way that you have kind of, you're you're in a space where I'm like listening to you say like, okay, I'm going to do 10 minutes and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. So you're really kind of creating the micro habit. Mm Mm-hmm that sustains the overall goals. And this is going to go back to a fitness piece for just a second. (laughs) The number one thing that I just can't stop laughing about all the time is if you don't enjoy it, why are you doing it? Like if you don't love hit style workouts, stop doing them. Yes. (laughs) Stop doing them. You ultimately can get the same benefit from swimming. Mm -hmm. You can get the same benefit from Tabata And there's a really great trainer that is becoming wildly well-known now, all of a sudden, although she's been around forever and like, she has ultimately transformed so many people's bodies physically, but it's from Tabata workouts. They're short, they're quick, they're easy. But if you don't like something, don't do it. At the same time, don't give up on that until you can say you've given it a good try. So give it a good five, six, seven workouts. And if it's just not your jam, like find something else. So I think that's the thing too. People quit before they really get started. It takes time to find a rhythm. For example, making space to have you time. A lot of times in business, people will talk about have a power hour and that power hour is like, it's about business, but you also create power hour or power time. That's just you. So the first thing is realizing that self-care number one, we've heard it a thousand times is not selfish, but it's also not just manis and petties. 10 minutes of walking outside in the sunshine does more than just put a little bit of beautiful bronze on your face. Like it actually improves your endorphins. It gets your neurotransmitters working. It helps your, I mean, there's, it can help clear your head. Like just last night, I asked my husband, what's your number one thing that you do when your just creative juices are gone and you feel depleted? He's like, I go outside and I take long walks. I'm really bad about that. I will go and go and go and go. And I really do. I had to start putting it in a digital calendar. These are my 30 minutes. So I think starting small, pick three, no more than three, no more than three things. Let it be something for your mind, something for you physically and something to entertain you, but put a start and a stop to it. So don't stop watching Netflix. Don't stop watching. I mean, watch 10 minutes of a Hallmark Christmas movie, you know, chunk it out for people that do have children. You can spend, I mean, this year's taught us anything about like, we can be with our kids, right? But 10 minutes or 15 minutes of intentional time with our kids is better than a full day of griping and complaining and following them around and saying, no, stop. That's what I would say. Pick three, put a time limit on it. You want it to be for your mind, something physical, and then something that does entertain you. Perfect. So I love that you added the entertainment element because I did begin to implement in 2020 the every day, nourish your mind and nourish your body. And to me, that meant some personal development, which could be a Tony Robbins video or a book, or it could be, you know, some motivation thing could be anything, but personal development. 
and then nourish your body. And so to me, that meant, hey, did you eat greens today? Hey, did you actually have some healthy carbs? I love sweet potatoes. I didn't know that until, I don't know, a few years ago. And so now I could totally have a sweet potato for breakfast and I'm super happy. That's some healthy carbs. I mean, I can't overdo it, but (laughs) to allow that, and that kind of goes back to some of the stuff you were touching on earlier. But I love that you brought in the entertainment element because especially over this past year, we really need to realize that, yes, there's a lot of awful things happening, but we can't carry the weight of that on our own shoulders. We have our own family and our communities to try to support. And so we have to loosen up and laugh sometimes find something that you enjoy. So maybe that is painting your nails. Maybe that is what we used to think was self-care. But these nourish your mind, nourish your body, the entertainment, the personal development, and even the fitness piece, I've really tried to incorporate that all into a morning routine to where if the rest of the day was, you know, your quote unquote power hour, at least I spent an hour on myself this morning and at least I did read and at least I did stretch and at least I started my day in silence and just these little things that I guess, like you were saying, they really are micro habits, but that's what I'm really focused on implementing at the same time, looking toward fitness and finances I want to try to implement this year. And I think this is a really good idea. You tell me what you think. I've set little achievements for myself throughout the year. So for fitness, for example, assuming COVID goes away, (laughs) we can all get vaccines and life goes on. I hope I would love to be able to run three 5Ks throughout the year. If you haven't done a 5K before, anybody who's listening, it's a little bit over three miles. If you don't like running, don't do it. But running has slowly but surely as an adult become more of my thing because it is outside. It is free. I find that as my feet are pounding the pavement, I'm able to think and just really work through some emotions and stuff. And so for me to have every three or four months, hopefully a 5k to look forward to, that'll help me make sure that I implement my daily activities that I need to get outside for that 10 minutes, or I need to try to run for 30 minutes today or whatever I can do so that I have that little thing to look forward to so that I'm not looking over the whole year, because sometimes that seems overwhelming, especially to say, oh, I'm going to run every day. Let's just be real. Not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. And really, you don't need to necessarily run every day. Mm -mm. But something that is really good, just kind of like on a personal level there for you, like, let's say three to four runs is what you're wanting, like kind of chunking it out. And this is something that I've, I've learned how to practice doing over the course of the past couple of years since starting coaching, but kind of doing things in a literal and figurative 90 day run. So operating within 90 days, every 90 days. So kind of setting. So within 90 days, I want to be active five days a week. Then you calendar that out and you put on there like Monday through Friday so that you've got the weekends to rest and kind of do an active recovery. But within that time frame, like, okay, even Monday through Friday, like if you're new to running or new to that activity, like starting slow, start with 10 minutes, build up and then make one of those days, circle it and say, okay, this is my long day. So that you're building up to that because 
anybody that has ever run any type of race, and this is specific to this, they will tell you, you often don't run the full distance until race day. Mm -hmm. With a 5K, it's a little bit different, but yes, but that's with anything. And that's with building those habits, like build them over 90 day increments. The old adage of it takes 21 days to make or break a habit is actually false. That's not true. And research shows that it actually takes 66 days to make a habit. 90 days for it to become a part of your subconscious and then 121 days for it to become a part of your daily living. So it's actually longer than we give it credit for. That's why it's always disheartening when somebody quits something at the 21 day mark. At 21 days, you're just now realizing if you've got the bandwidth to even (laughs) make it a part of what is even compatible in your life. Right. Like, is this even sustainable or am I being crazy about this or? Exactly. And we have now learned that we can do anything, anything. If this year hasn't taught us, you can do the things that you don't think you can do. Absolutely. And it is about, it's balance and synergy actually more than balance. But I love that you kind of have set that for yourself because I think you'll start to notice that you're going to start wanting like, oh, nope, I got to go. It's time for me to get my outside time or whatever time that is for you. You're getting it. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. So that's testimony to that's how my brain works. Like strategy, habits, micro habits. If this is the big goal, how do we break it down into more attainable goals? And that's why I do personal finances. I mean, that's my jam. (laughs) And I want to bring that in because for me and what I've seen in a lot of people, anytime you say, okay, so this year I'm going to get on my personal finances. I'm really going to get this in order. Even if you haven't professed a specific goal, but maybe you're just working toward getting debt-free, working toward a certain income or savings level or any of those kind of financial goals. For one, we definitely need to write it down. But for two, we need to break it down into these manageable goals, like what we're talking about with running or nutrition or just take your vitamins every day or any of those little habits. We have to have financial habits the same way. But I would love to hear about your perspective and your experience as far as how health parallels with finances. I feel like there's so many little pieces of that in there. It just Mm -hmm. makes me so excited. So I want to really hear (laughs) what you have to say. I was talking to a friend of mine that lives down in Austin and we were talking about this and she has a dance studio in Austin, but she also does some other things in health and wellness. And, and I was telling her, I was like, I just want people to know, like, everything is expensive (laughs) and yes, investing in your health, it is expensive, but so are 18 to 20 medications and hospital visits and long-term care. So the way that I personally feel that health and finances are parallel is this. It's the same thing that I used to say in teaching, what is valued is taught and what is taught is tested. And you can quote me on that because (laughs) anybody in public schools, anybody that's an educator will tell you the same thing. What is value is taught and what is taught is tested. So what we value is what we spend our money on. And what we spend our money on often represents what's testing us in life. So to break that down a little bit, like I don't buy organic all the time. But there are some things that I do. And then there are some things that if you do a little bit, and you can speak more to this because I remember when you did, I don't know if it was a video or a post, but you were talking about (laughs) different ways to shop. And it is so true. I think what oftentimes can get people is, particularly if you, let's say you have a big family. Okay, there's three of us. So it's my husband, me, and and our child. But if you have more than just three, big families oftentimes, I think, feel like, okay, we've got this budget. 
and we need to live within this budget. But it's what are you buying with that money? If a lot of what we're buying with our money is coming from a package and it's coming from a shelf, it's most likely going to be loaded with a lot of preservatives and a lot of sugars. What I find is that when women can really, and dads, I have some dads that are full-time parents. So we'll just, just people, but moms, when we can learn how to make tweaks and make something versus buy something, ultimately we are saving in the financial department to put towards something else. Okay, here's a perfect example. At-home fitness has skyrocketed through this pandemic. Yeah, because we can't go anywhere. <laughs> can't go anywhere. So before the pandemic, I was training for a Spartan. I don't know what I was doing, but I was out of my mind and I was at the gym. I was training for this Spartan. I was eating for the Spartan. I was training for it. And then that race went from May to then August to then it was supposed to be in December until they finally canceled it. Well, I couldn't go to the gym. And so all the materials and all the things that I was using to train for the Spartan, I didn't have that. So then I started... I, what did I do? I got on Pinterest. I talked to my trainer friends. I was like, okay, I, I'm still thinking this thing's going to happen. So I need to know how to modify. Yeah. You're getting creative. Yeah. And I modified some things and then until they finally said, we're not doing it. And then I finally was like, thank you, Jesus. I can calm down a little bit and I don't need to be, you know, but with that, the parallel with finances is this, like when it comes to your health, if you value taking care of yourself, you are going to have to shift what you're spending your money on if it is important to you long-term health-wise. You don't have to have the fanciest gym membership. You don't have to have all the elite equipment. But I will say this, if someone asks me, and I've had this happen, people have asked me, what are your thoughts on a Peloton? What are your thoughts on the mirror? I will literally say, how committed are you to using it? Because it's an investment. That mirror is expensive. I mean, I think it's at minimum like $1,300, $1,400. We'll break it down. Are you going to use that? It has multiple ways to use it. Are you going to use that four or five days a week? Is that going to be your 30 minutes? My friends that have Pelotons, you don't have to buy a brand new one. Facebook has a group for everything. We have a neighbor that he bought his, the people that owned it, they used it twice. He bought a brand new Peloton for half. So it's still an investment. The parallel is still there. It's just thinking about, could you maybe buy less clothes on Amazon? <laughs> could you maybe limit a subscription that you have and maybe put that elsewhere? The thing about nutrition and finances that, that is the parallel is, you know, you'll hear a lot of times like buy what's in season fresh. If you can, frozen comes, comes next. Mm -hmm. But what I love to do, and when this pandemic ends, I'm going to take a client, I'm gonna say, we are gonna go walk the grocery store, teaching people how to shop the perimeter of the store first. Because what I find with my clients, honestly, is they will say, you know, I just feel like this is going to be such an expense. Well, it is. Talk to me about how much you're going to this fast food restaurant. When's the last time you went to Starbucks for under 10 bucks? Mm -hmm. The average person spends, I think we spend what, 17 to $22 a day on miscellaneous. And so a lot of times I find that like my clients and my family too, like my husband was like, okay, if we're going to do this and we're going to make some shifts, our alcohol consumption, how much money are we spending on wine and beer and this and that. It's huge. So I tend to see that people that I work with, at least, they tend to either have some money left over or they're learning how to reshift their food and fitness budgets and finding free things to do. You can get just 
this fit on a trail and do some push-ups and some burpees. And I mean, I've posted videos of people are like, where are you doing these workouts? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm on the trail over here by my neighborhood. Yeah. Well, that's why I go running because yeah. it's free. And like you said, push-ups, squats, you know, while I'm cooking, I can do some leg lifts over here, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> I do full body workout, like throwing my kid up in the air and I do, yes. he'll, he'll say, mommy, throw me. And I'm like, okay, we'll do five here and five more in a minute. Mom needs a second. Like she isn't 25 anymore. So yeah, absolutely. But it is quite the parallel. You just have to figure out like, what do you value and what are you really willing to shift to make long-term change down the road? Maybe that $50 that you're spending and I'm not debunking manicures and pedicures. Okay. But I'm just saying like, I'm more athletic now, I guess, than I used to be. And so I don't get my nails done that often. And when I went to pay, I was like, are you out of your mind with how much this is costing me? And now I have to tip you. I'll do my own. Like it's winter. Nobody's looking at my feet right now. So that's just me. That doesn't mean I don't do them. But I'm just saying like, I'm with you. If we take those things and we really look at it, like for some people, that's their thing. You just have to figure out like if making a shift in your health is something you really want to do you really do have to take a look at like, okay, what am I spending the bulk of my money on that's not serving me well? And how can I shift it? And that takes time too. Yeah, you got it right there. Look at what you're spending. Look at your values. And I think that's an exercise too. A lot of people have not taken the time to just sit down and say, what do I value in life? What is important to me? What do I want to feel like every day? What do I want people to say about me? And people don't like to think about this, but if it was my funeral and people were standing up talking about me, what are they going to say? Not necessarily things that you would be well known for, but just your personality and your person and what you stood for and what you did and your heart. So if you have taken the time to write that down, write your values out, and then compare that to what you've spent your money on. Like you said, you know, the 17 to 22 on miscellaneous a day, a lot of that stuff, A, we don't remember buying it. We have no idea which category to put it in on your budget because it's it's just stuff. It's just randomness that you wanted to buy that you didn't need. And then identifying, okay, does this spending pattern match with my values? Like, what am I actually wanting in life and what am I working toward? And how do I tweak what I'm spending to match who I want to be and who I am? And then the other thing is, I can tell you, if I have a basket full of produce and I spend $50, that 50 bucks on produce, I mean, there's so much good whole food in that $50 that I just spent that that really will last us for several days, maybe the whole week, because it's just, you're not going to eat two pounds of broccoli in one day. I'm sorry. You're just not, you're going to eat. And if you do, you're going to be backed up for a long time. That's a lot of fiber. And then we get, that's a whole nother health right. conversation. Like if you buy those pounds of, you know, apples, broccoli, cucumber, like all these greens, you know, a bag of spinach, all of this healthy stuff. And you spread that out throughout the week. Suddenly there's no space for chips and there's no space for three loaves of bread. And there's no space for all of these extra things that you were spending money on. And then the flip side of that is if I had a basket full of snacks and canned goods and bags of chips and ho-hos and ding-dongs, my $50 is going very quickly. And I'm not actually going home with that much 
in groceries, not to mention the nutrition of all that, right? Oh, right. It's very true. And it's, it's kind of marketing genius, right? Like <laughs> right. people want- Against us. <laughs> right, against us. But it is very true because something that I just thought of when you were talking about that is when you're talking about like, what do I value? We talk about this a lot, I think, with moms of girls. But for those of us that are moms of boys, I want to say this too. Like my husband is a much better cook than I am. His mom spent a ton of time and he enjoys- the process. That's awesome. I feel like with girls, we tend to kind of like, there's like a shame part to it and this and that, and there's don't have too much comfort in food and blah, blah, blah. Well, my mom is a wonderful cook. My mom cooks beautiful, healthy foods. She knows how to Southern cook, like the whole thing, but I never really grew up learning how to cook. And so it has not served me well in my adult life. Hence why now I'm in health, like that, which was our issue is now our testimony. But for your basket of groceries, one of my favorite things to do is to take our son to Central Market because he likes to do the little things. We make a field trip out of it, but then we go home and it's like, okay, now I am not a Betty Crocker. Okay. And I'm not a Pinterest mom, although I one day want to be, <laughs> maybe it's a lot of work. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. What I have learned is I do get this question a lot too, about like my kid's such a picky eater. I can't ever get them to eat the things I buy at the grocery store. Number one, our babies have small bellies. We need to quit trying to shove all the food at the one time. But if they get in the kitchen and we can slow down and let them be a part of it, you will over time start to find that your child will eat more foods than you think they will if they can be a part of it. So that's another piece to value and finances and showing them how to make money stretch and how to use it wisely. And the other thing that triggered for me when you were talking, either you focus on what you value and your spending starts to reflect that and you are buying healthy foods and focusing on nutrition and spending money purposefully for the life that you want, or you're going to end up spending that money later, maybe when you don't have it, like when you're old and retired and you need a lot of medical care because you didn't take care of this stuff now when you have the opportunity. And yes, it takes time to get yourself back to a healthy position from even just like pregnancy, right? Pregnancy is nine months, but it might take you a couple of years to get your body back if you work hard, right? Say that again louder. Say it again louder. <laughs> it does. It takes time. Yes, it takes time. But with that being said, in our 30s and 40s and, and midlife, yes, there are hormones and just a lot of things going on there. But this is the prime of our lives. We have such an opportunity here to change our lives, to change our kids' lives, to positively influence people and everybody around us, our family included. And if we don't take that opportunity now to focus on that nutrition and get your budget in order and make this year the best that it could possibly be, there's a chance we might be kicking ourselves later. Oh, 100%. Sometimes negative motivation does work because you start to think, oh gosh, what trail am I heading down? Ooh, I don't want to be on that trail. I'm going to turn and I'm going to go this way and I'm going to focus on nutrition. But yeah, so I love that you brought that in. When I look back just over the past few years, the whole entrepreneurial journey and leaving my corporate job, and and I'm sure you experienced this too, when you left teaching, sometimes those hardest years, I also made the most progress because it was so hard. But I also look back and think, hold on, that was the year that I ran a half marathon. That was the year that I, I did take my vitamins every day because I remember I was part of MLM at that time. And that was a big focus for me to be modeling that behavior for my people that were also working with me. And so it's like all of these 
cogs for all these different facets of our lives, they do really move together. So if you can jumpstart one of them, it's likely that the other one will start turning too. And I just picture this machine where, you know, the different cogs are connected. And if you get one going, then maybe another one will start rolling too. And it, it takes a while to really build up momentum. But I think a lot of the stuff that we touched on today, the values, the little micro habits, the goals, and then you break them down, like you said, compartmentalizing the different pieces and trying to figure out the synergy and how those things can work together and designing our lifestyle, right? Like that's the whole point of being aware of abundance is creating that lifestyle that we want because we know that it's possible. Absolutely. And I think that if someone were to ask me, where do I start? I don't even know where to start. I can say with all confidence, <laughs> what you see when you look at people that you admire, if you see someone and you're like, gosh, she just really seems like she has it all together. I think the place to start is to remember that for people that look like they have it all together, they've been through some trenches, they've had to have a lot of self-discovery. And there's, if you're not willing to go into some personal growth, I don't care how much spinach and kale you mix together with fruit and protein in a blender. I don't care how much fitness you are a part of each day. You're not really going to get anywhere long-term because you're just putting a bandaid on not a deeper issue, but an area that needs to really be refined. And I think that if you can get to why something is so important right now. Why, if it's tugging at you and it just, it's like a gnat, it just will not go away. That is your gut telling you, you need to make a shift. So I oftentimes will say, why is right now the time that we're having this conversation? I'm gonna throw this out, moms. Your why does not always have to be your family. Most often it is, but it doesn't always have to be your family. I have a friend that wrote this the other day and it's true what they say. We all have a start and we all have a stop, but it's what do we do with the dash in between? Oh, yes. And how do we want to live a valued life? No matter what that value is for us, we cannot live that valued life if we are constantly sitting on the sidelines wondering what we could be like if we would just step. So I hope that it offers some hope for some people and maybe answers a question or two, or at least just starts the conversation. Yeah. And I want to ask you to share your handles because if people have more questions or want to connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah. So on Instagram, my handle is at McKay underscore hall 08 and the O is a zero. So at McKay underscore hall 08. And then I'm not on Twitter. I can't mm -hmm. tweet. I'm over yeah, tweeting. I can't tweet either. Um, but on Facebook, <laughs> it's McKay Cox Hall and it's M apostrophe K-A-Y. So, and then my email is on my Instagram, but there's a link in my bio on Instagram if, to chat if anybody's curious and wants to know a little bit more about this little thing called healthy living. So I love getting to do this with you and thank you for letting me be a part of it. And I'll be calling you later about 2021 finance love. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And that's what I want to do with this episode. I hope that this served all the mamas out there today because I know, I know, I know because I do this too. Every time there's a new year, it's like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And want all of us to understand that there's a really beautiful concept I heard that we can often overestimate what we can accomplish in a year, but underestimate what we can do in a decade. And 
I'm going to go ahead and set those crazy goals and I'm going to go ahead and try to implement those micro habits. I'm going to try to do all the things and I'm going to keep my list and my planner and time block because I'm crazy like that. But at the end of the year or at the end of the month, when you have or haven't made progress, just keep going. Just keep going. That's what I hope we can all look forward to for 2021 is just a little more progress and a little more peace than 2020 gave us. And thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you. I have loved it. You are a doll. I just adore you. And this was a lot of fun for me. I absolutely loved it. Thank you so much. All right, Mama. All McKay's links are in the show notes at reachingabundance.com. And as I've said in previous episodes, I truly believe you can have it all. Your intention, consistency, and presence toward your health can play an impactful role in supporting your journey toward financial freedom. Whatever you wish for, dream of, or set goals toward, let's approach that with fire. Nobody's going to accomplish that for you. And I've said it before, as a mother, you have immense power. It's time to harness it. Either spend the money now on things you want for you and your family's health, or you're going to be stuck paying for pills and medical care later on. Let's collectively focus on creating momentum toward positive daily habits that support our values. If getting your finances in order is a priority this year, let's talk. I'll hold your virtual hand as we walk through things together. Yes, we look at the numbers and I teach you how to better understand them. But my holistic approach allows us to explore your values and mindset, your unique personal situation, and the beliefs you have about yourself and your money that you may not even realize you're carrying. Financial freedom is possible when all of the above are applied correctly. And if you're curious about how to do that and join the other smart mamas who are on this path, you're invited to book a quick 15-minute free discovery call so we can chat about it. Meanwhile, I love that McKay brought up community. Make sure you're in my free group at moneymindedmamas.com where I post helpful articles and links to podcast episodes like this one, but also where you can find free money management workshops, advice, and resources not available anywhere else. This week, edge a little closer to reaching abundance by looking at your health from a values perspective. Consider what you value from a health perspective and why. Then take a look at your spending or savings habits and whether those behaviors are working for or against your values. You're invited to visit me at reachingabundance.com where you'll find the summary of everything we talked about today, McKay's social media links, the free two-week planner I mentioned at the beginning, and more information about this week's affiliate Eat Cleaner Produce Wash. Oh, quick announcement here. I'm moving the show from a weekly production to every two weeks. So I'll be talking to you again two weeks from now instead of next Monday. Have a wonderful week, Mama. I look forward to talking with you again next time.